Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, my philosophy has always been that if you think something is wrong, it probably is. And many people question if their marriage is normal or if it's actually working, but they're often afraid to actually look too closely because they might be right. And the problem with that thinking is that if something really is off, it can't get better if nothing is done to make that happen. And Many marriages cannot just be saved, but actually end up being happy if couples would just reach out for help sooner. There's a really disturbing statistic about the average time that a couple is unhappy before they reach out for help. It's like six to seven years. It's like, can you imagine walking around with a broken leg for six years? But a lot of the heartache and many divorces could be avoided in that time if people actually took action. So a big question is what signs should somebody be looking for to determine if their marriage is heading for trouble? And fellow marriage and family therapist and author, Dr. Marnie Feuerman, is here to share some of her things, the top five things that she says that couples should be on the lookout for. So, Marnie, thanks so much um, for coming in and talking about this because I know this is a really important topic because everybody wants to know, well, is this normal? And a lot of times I go, well, just because it's normal doesn't necessarily mean it's good. <laughs> so, yeah, right, thank right. You. Thank you so much for having me and for talking about this topic because, yes, it is important. You know, and so you wrote an article a while back where you talk about five signs your marriage might be on the rocks. And, you know, because a lot of people always want to know. And so the first sign you mention is a really important one, is that you say that couples are talking, but they're not communicating. So what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> what What it means is that the discussions are pretty surface or superficial. You know, you might mm-hmm. be talking about making plans or the kids or finances or, or you know, uh, important topics, but you're not talking with any um, emotional depth. If there's not a, some, um, some degree of emotion or feelings or, you know, how you feel about these topics, mm-hmm. you're not really... You're not bonding or connecting necessarily. Um, but don't a one, lot of people? But don't a lot of people hesitate to talk about these things because a lot of people, a lot of times, they just end up in fights. Yeah, people aren't necessarily good at it. That's true, and <laughs> well, that's, we do, that's we do know that true. people. Right, and, and that people can end up fighting, and I think that is another danger sign. Some people um, can talk very well about the things that are really affecting them or impacting them day-to-day or in the relationship, and they end up having a good conversation and some resolution, or it might have gotten a little heated, but they found a way to get back on common ground. That's fine, um, but it, if, if it goes off the rails or if it just escalates, 
that would be a major signal that someone probably needs help navigating that and they probably do need to speak to a counselor because if it just continues to happen before long, you're feeling like roommates. And we know that that might be the too late part right. of the marriage. Well, and it also, you know, it, most people don't like conflict. They avoid conflict. You know, they don't, because we don't really teach people how to disagree successfully. And so a lot of times they'll just avoid talking to each other, you know, like you said, other than just at the superficial level. And one of the things that um, I tell couples is that they should be talking to each other minimum 15 to 20 minutes a day at a stretch because, you know, if you talk, you know, if you're only talking for two or three minutes, you're at the surface level. But if you've actually been talking to somebody for 50 or 20 minutes, you're now down into, it's not just how was your day, but it was, you know, so what, you know, what's the deeper level around that? I, I, I try to avoid the how do you feel kind of questions. But, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, but it's really important to know, well, you know, how's that impacting you? What's what's going on? And, you know, this, this can be a little bit difficult, especially for men, because once something's over and done with, they don't necessarily like to rehash it, where women actually mm-hmm. do like to <laughs> go more into that. And that may just be because yeah. there's a discomfort with what happens if I really do share my feelings about this. Right. I think people generally tend to avoid conflict and and there's no one who's going to say oh I like conflict yeah. but sometimes it's <laughs> necessary for it. yeah right and and usually in the relationship we'll see one person who has a tendency to be the one to bring up things to talk about or to identify a problem and want to talk so that's not so unusual but if um two people avoid it or one person wants to talk about these things and the other just wants to um, avoid or dismiss the importance of something or they shut down, then you're, you're, you're going to have a problem. I would say if two people can make the effort that, you know, to, to try to have the discussion and if one partner is seeing that it's a challenge for the other, that they don't like conflict and they really struggle with it or struggle to know what they're feeling or you're just, you got to go gently. I would just encourage that person to be gentle about it um, because people do have very different strategies for how they communicate and, um, and the reasons they're doing what they're doing when it, when an argument arises, they just may not know any different necessarily. And, and it's a learning curve. Well, and that's a really interesting experience, and I think this is one of the things that that confuse people is because when we're first together, we usually don't have that problem of talking about things that are important to us. When we're dating, when we're in love, we're we're in the early years, we don't necessarily have that problem. So... You know, is this sort of like, and I've been using this analogy a lot lately, you know, the frog in the pot of boiling water, that things just decline so gradually that, you know, we don't even notice there's a real problem. Yes. Yeah, that can happen, too. It's sort of not really recognizing that there's a problem until sometimes it's too late. Uh, and, and, yeah, life, life stress. Um, kids, things like that can definitely cause this big impact on a marriage Mm -hmm. that 
people didn't have in those early stages. And they are still like the rose-colored goggles are still on a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it takes a little while for for the for the you know everything to kind of come to the forefront. And so some people maybe just go, I'm not used to this. I don't. You know, I don't really know how to focus on these problems or bring these things up. I'm not, I don't even want to know that we have them. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I think it's just maybe to cope or to just um, keep the calm, keep the peace. But in the end, it we know that it chips away at things and it will put a couple in a danger zone. So you definitely don't want to do that. Right, because it's that deeper connection. It's that sharing of hopes, fears, goals, values, all of that. The, you know, I don't mean sharing in the way that we necessarily have to agree, but sharing in the way that we're telling each other about it. It keeps us connected at that much deeper level, which is what helps us ride through the challenges of life. And, you know, and it, it, this is sort of connected to the next sign that you mentioned, and that's no longer respecting each other's opinions and ideas. Now, I'm going to ask on a surface level because this is one of those, well, duh, kind of questions, but why is this a problem? <laughs> it's a problem because I think we all have these deep core um, values, morals, principles, things that we live our life by that I think are, um, you really shouldn't change. You know, if you have a core value about mm-hmm. how you're living your life, you shouldn't, you shouldn't change it for someone because it just doesn't, it doesn't work out well. And so you want a partner to appreciate and respect it uh, because that's probably why you fell in love to begin with. So um, if, it, if, if you didn't have morals and values aligned, I would say you, you shouldn't get married. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, so hopefully if you, made, if you feel like you made a good choice in a partner and back then, all right, you, you, know, you were in alignment with them, um, I guess you'd have to ask yourself, why am I suddenly shutting this person down, especially when they come to me about ideas that they're excited about or they have an opinion that's different from my own um you know i I think there's got to be you know obviously some compromise on on certain things but i think it's going to impact your sense of self-worth and nobody wants their partner to make them feel unworthy i mean that's like one of the worst feelings you can have so i think um and, and maybe there's some legitimate reasons like you don't respect the value anymore if the value has changed um, over time and, you know, let's say the person adopted some religion or some form of discrimination and you say to yourself, oh, I don't like, I don't like that anymore. I mean, it still warrants a conversation so you can maybe figure this out. And it has to be in, you know, the safety has to be there for you mm-hmm. for two people to talk about these things and not worry that per- someone's just going to be shut down because they are trying to explain why they believe what they believe. Well, and I find it really interesting because the the word in that that makes that jumps out at me is respect because I don't really know how. I can love somebody if there is not at least some level of respect. And that doesn't necessarily mean I have to agree with the person, but I have to be able to see them in some kind of positive light to be able to stay connected, don't I? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, respect is is a very important one. And I, you know, when people say that to me, um, if they come in for a session and I find out one of the partners just really doesn't respect the other, and sometimes they they say it right out there very clearly, (laughs) the way the person's behaving or acting, I mean, it's a definite alarm bell for me. You know, I know that there's a long road ahead of work (laughs) if we can hopefully do it, um, if that that respect is lost. That's definitely a big one. It's hard to trust somebody you don't respect. And if you can't trust them, it's hard to love them. And so I think people, and again, this is part of the challenge of when we fall in love because that's a whole lot of hormones and neurotransmitters and not a whole lot of cognition. (laughs) Um, Right. That, you know, people, because people can be overwhelmed by the physical attraction or what I call the shoulds. That, you know, on paper this person should be a good match for me. But in our interactions, right. they're really not. And so you've got kind of both, you've got both extremes where I'm not really paying attention to who the person is. I'm either overwhelmed by my own um, physiological response to that person, or I'm paying attention to what other people are saying and, and that this person, you know, it, like I said, lined up on paper, we should be a great match but in reality we're not but it's that ability right. to step back you, wanna, you don't want to keep put, putting you know the square peg in the round hole you want to acknowledge okay on the, the on paper and the reality there's a discrepancy and I would say pay attention to the reality <laughs> you know pay attention to what you're really seeing and what your gut is telling you early on well, and that's the other that's the other piece that I talk to people about because a lot of times they'll look at this person and they'll see the way the person could be or the way the person is sometimes. And you know that's specifically in the in the case of abusers where they can be wonderful for a little bit of the time and then they're awful the rest of the time right. or you know, well, I could see that if this person did this or that or the other, then they could become this other person. I said, well, first off, you're going back to the respect that's disrespectful because you're not honoring who they are. <laughs> you know, it's this, you know, it's the I love you, you're perfect, now change and become somebody else kind of thing. Right. That, right. And so I tell people, if you, do you like, do you like, admire, love, respect the person that's standing right in front of you, not the fantasy person you think they could maybe someday would be because I think that's part of this losing respect for or not not respecting people's feelings and and um, ideas right right absolutely and so it becomes uh, if other things aren't there that are going well in the marriage to cushion that then it really comes front and center and it's and mm-hmm. it's hard to avoid at some point things will probably blow up so yeah you're correct yeah right so this is happily ever after is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net i'm leslie dories and i'm talking with fellow marriage and family therapist and author dr marnie foyerman about signs your marriage may be heading for trouble and you know if you recognize these signs or really just feel that something is off in your relationship, I highly recommend that you do not wait to do something about it. 
I encourage you to take action right now. So give me a call or send me an email and take advantage of my complimentary Create Your Happily Ever After strategy session. You can reach me at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-924. 0463 because you don't want to be waiting you know I know that a lot of people think well maybe we could just wait it out things will get better with time and in a few cases that's true but it's usually better to go ahead and definitive action and get that process started and so you know I want to get back to the signs that your marriage might be in trouble and the next sign Marnie that you talk about is that couples should be concerned if they're spending less time together. And, you know, I know this happens a lot because people are so pressed for time. I mean, that's the buzzword. You know, how are you doing? I'm busy, like it's like it's this badge of honor. So, I mean, again, this is spending time together is, is usually what we do when we're first together. So how do we help couples... You keep keep from happening. Keep you know keep this distance from happening because you mentioned before you know people end up feeling like roommates and that's a really common thing. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was a magic answer too that we can just (laughs) manufacture more time. But the bottom line is that you've got some something else has to give. You've got to prioritize Mm -hmm. the marriage. yeah, we are we are in a you know super busy time. Everyone is like you said, busy, 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 and there's a lot going on. And it's you know everybody, it's hard to divide the pie, you know. Right. But it it is a it's it's a um, I would say a really really horrible idea to not give your marriage some of that attention, not do things together, not have some novelty mm-hmm. and fun and just um, hanging out or, or doing something really new and different. All of that stuff is critical to keep your marriage going. Um, you know, I, well, I've the heard studies, things, Yeah, the studies show that novelty, doing new things together, kind of reignites those hormones and neurotransmitters from the early days. It's, you know, we can't our bodies cannot stay in the in love um, phase forever because that's just, they just can't. But we can actually kind of reignite that as if we bring in this novelty, you know, these doing things to, you know, together as a couple. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. It does increase all those, uh, the neurochemicals that you need to, to make it feel more ex- exciting. And um, sometimes the way people will describe it to me, like when they're not spending a lot of time together, I think to myself, if you, if this happened when you were dating, you would you would never even get to marriage. So why exactly 
did you let it get to the point where you're not spending any time together? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if we could just keep doing what we were doing before we got married, once we get married, we would probably stay out of a lot of the trouble that marriages get into. But but we have to do that with intention and making time together, making the marriage a priority, like you said a little bit ago, is critical for that. Um, and somehow that seems to fall by the wayside, and that kind of leads to the last two signs you talk about, and I want to talk about them together because I think they're a little bit connected. And so when we stop communicating, when we stop spending time together, when we stop respecting people, we end up in this the fourth sign, which you say, starting to have doubts about whether we married the right person, and then... The next thing that goes along with that is that neither partner is willing to put in the extra effort um, to make the marriage work. So talk a little, can you talk a little bit about those two things and how they're connected and how they relate to the other signs we've been talking about? Sure. I mean, I, I think it's... I think the you know it's less likely that you married the wrong person. Okay, I think mm-hmm. you know once mm-hmm. in a while, yeah, that's true. You really Sometimes it was, a, that it was a wrong, wrong from the start marriage. I mean, it does happen. But in most cases, I think it's just two people not putting in the effort, not making it a focus to um, you know keep it new, to talk to each other, to have deeper conversations, to spend time. So it's it sort of, it, it scaffolds in a way to then it seeps into your head where you say, oh, maybe I married the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I think it's less likely that's true and it's more likely that people just let it go and they didn't work on it and they didn't nurture their marriage. Right, and I prefer the idea of nurturing a marriage rather than working on it. Because to me, that's like, let's right. go out and plow the back 40, you know, in 100-degree heat. Nobody, who wants, to, who wants to go work at their marriage? And part of this is, it's like anything else. I'm a big proponent of maintaining. I mean, it's easier to maintain something than it is to fix it. It's why we take our cars in and have the oil changed. <laughs> you know, it's we we because we don't want to break down in the middle of the road, but for some weird reason we have a completely different concept when it comes to our marriages. It's like, "Oh, we're in love. It'll work out." And it's like, not if you don't pay attention to it. Right. Yeah, I like the phrase that I've heard, and I, I'm not sure exactly where I got it. I think it was related to some of John Gottman's work or someone in his mm-hmm. camp said, the grass is greener where you water it. And that's exactly <laughs> what you're saying, right? <laughs> so right. if you want that green grass, you got to take care of it. you got to fertilize it. you got to water it. you got to do all those things. And so you're correct. I think um, work may be too strong a word unless, yeah, you're in trouble and you're in therapy together, then it can definitely seem like work. But otherwise, it is just paying attention, nurturing, treating each other kindly, you know, things that are, um, that you should do anyway. So it's not like it should be so hard for you to talk nicely, let's say, to right. your spouse. Um, I know, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm amazed. Yeah, I mean, I right. sometimes I'm amazed at the way people talk to each other and it's like, okay, would you talk to anybody else in your life like this? 
Exactly. And they don't. I mean, they'll they'll no, be nicer to the grocery like... clerk than their partner. And I'm going, wait a minute, this is a little backwards. Exactly. But, it is backwards, yes. But you and I get it because when people, you know, when we aren't taking care of our relationship, when we're letting things get in the way, go unresolved, then we do start to feel distant and hurt and resentful and I think that's a lot of times where people then go well why should I put in the effort because my partner's not yeah and that's not a good mindset it's not a good one at all um, because couples just like families it there's it's a system and and you may find that if you are the first one to extend that olive branch or put in the effort so to speak it will it will likely come back to you. It's going to create something positive between the two of you. And so it, I don't think, you know, anybody wants to take, kind of look at it that way, like, oh, I will if they will. Just just right. do it. Just start. You may be surprised at what happens, that you're able to get things back on track. Well, and that's one of the myths, I think, about going and getting help is because, well, my partner won't go. Okay, go by yourself. Learn how to to do those good communication skills we were talking about in that first sign. Learn how to be able to talk and invite your partner to talk at a deeper level. You know, learn how to make the relationship a priority, how to schedule your time. I mean, one of these things is, you know, people always look at coming to people like you and me as, as you know, we have to be crazy or, you know, our relationship isn't that bad. We don't really need any outside help. And I always go, have you ever looked at LeBron James and how many coaches he has? And, oh, by the way, he's at the top of his game. He wants to stay there. I think he's got like five different coaches. Mm-hmm. You know? yes. <laughs> and kind of like, okay, so here's this really important relationship that you're involved in. Do you want to keep it? Do you want to know? You, do you want to be at the top of your game? And there actually are, you know, you work with the Gottmans and they're way, you know, they're the gurus. It's like, we know what works. It's just Nobody wants that, seems to want that information. Right. right, and sometimes the counseling can just help you get a different perspective or, um, like you said, help give you ideas to figure this out. Maybe maybe take a look at yourself and the impact you're having on the condition mm-hmm. or the state of the marriage. And But I would say... Go in with the with the um, mindset that you want to make it better. You're not looking just to go in and complain about your spouse because that's not going to help. But I think if you go in saying, you know, I'm kind of at a loss here and I need someone else to to give right. me some some direction, and it could be that you read some of these great books that are out there and just as mm-hmm. long if you are just saying, okay, my my the limits of my brain aren't helping me with this. Maybe there's there are other resources that will help me get back on track and figure this out. Well, and speaking of other resources, I would like you to share where people can get some of your resources. Probably the place to start where you could connect to a lot of different things I have out there um, because I do write a lot would be my website, which is www.thetalkingsolution.com. So that's The Talking Solution, all one word. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, I do have a free ebook that you'll get 
Um, if you um, are considering marriage therapy, it's sort of a guide to how to make it work for you and your spouse. Um, and so that would probably be the best place to find me. Terrific. So what I want to say is that if you have questions about whether your marriage is in trouble, you're not alone. If you're asking the question in the first place, there probably is something that could be better. And the earlier you take action, the sooner you can have the marriage that you desire. So one of the ways to take action is to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. 